You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Week 16 of the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. I'm Chris Hahn. Uh, I mean, Mueller dominated last week. I don't know where it's going to go from here. But I disagree with the popular notion that this was all about optics. I disagree vehemently, actually. I think the substance he, he gave and the substance that occurred under the testimony, uh, excuse me, under the questioning of Chairman Schiff and Chairman Nadler particularly was damning to the president. Maybe you saw me on TV talking about it. But I think uh, the Congress has a lot of work to do here. And I don't think they have any choice but to impeach. Let's start the show. We are now the defenders of the stronghold of democracy and of equal opportunity. You and I as citizens have the obligation to shape the debates of our time, not only with the votes we cast, but with the voices we lift. The people are looking for honest answers, not easy answers. The very word secrecy is repugnant. Clearly to shift. And we are as a people. Not false claims and evasiveness and politics as usual. Opposed to secret society. But ours was a nation of the votes. Not the bullet. And a secret procedure. As a people, we cannot afford to let any group of citizens or any individual citizens live or labor under conditions which are injurious to the Commonwealth. Black, white, Latino, Asian, Native American, young, old, gay, straight, men, women, folks with disabilities, all pledging allegiance under the same proud flag to this big, bold country that we love. That's what I see. That's the, the America I know. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. There is nothing wrong with America that cannot be cured by what is right with America. I am so tired of our optics-driven world. I read the Mueller report. I watched his testimony. And I am going to tell you right now in no uncertain terms, America, the things that he said about this president, both in the hearing yesterday and more importantly, if you take the time to read his report, are damning. They are things that should have us all very much afraid. And it appears to me that the president and his bootlickers on the right, all they wanted to talk about was how he appeared, how he spoke, what he didn't say. America, Robert Mueller made a couple things abundantly clear. And we're going to talk about it tonight. And I'm going to be talking about it in even greater detail a little later on, I got former Watergate special prosecutor Jill Weinbanks joining me to talk about this. She's a good get for me tonight. 
Um, Jill is, you know, look, there was nobody that I knew in my database that I would rather have on tonight. I guess I, I'd like to have Preet on, but he's too big and, you know. <laughs> not yet, once we go national. Yeah, I mean, Preet's a friend, but not that good of a friend. <laughs> so uh, he's got his own pod. But America, I, uh, I I can't wait to talk to her about it. Because it was abundantly clear to me that uh, he made it very clear to America that the president has been lying to you for the last four months, including the attorney general, when they say that the president was exonerated. The report does not exonerate the president, not of obstruction at all. Secondly, he made clear that the report points out exactly how the Russians were trying to interfere in our election and, more importantly, how they are still trying to do so today. And the Democrats in both the House and the Senate, the Democrats in the House have passed legislation to try to protect our elections. And the Republican and the Democrats in the, in the Senate have introduced legislation to try to protect our elections. The Republicans have blocked it in the Senate. And you got to ask yourself the question, how come Devin Numbnuts and the rest of the Republicans on the Senate, uh, excuse me, on the House Intelligence Committee, the minority party on the House Intelligence Committee, how come they were only interested in trying to tear apart Robert Mueller and they had no interest in how a foreign power tried to influence our election and may still be trying to influence our election. If you believe Robert Mueller, that's exactly what's happened. And I believe Robert Mueller. This is something that should be taken a lot more seriously. And the conversation about how he appeared shaky and maybe he didn't have the entire 450-page report memorized and he was only giving short answers and maybe he seemed a little frail. He is 72 years old and, and I'm sorry, America. You wish at 72 you looked as good as Robert Mueller and you were able to sit in a room for eight hours and answer questions from a bunch of nitwits. So give me a break on this. Give me a break. I'm on television yesterday and all they were, you know, I'm on Fox. You know that I'm the the progressive voice on Fox. And all they were doing was high-fiving each other. All of the right-wing fans of Trump high-fiving over this day. Oh, what a great day it was for the president. It wasn't a great day for the president. It was a horrible day for the president. It was even a worse day for America. The only thing that made it a good day for the president is it was the first time in eight days we the first time in eight days I'd been on television and I didn't talk about how he was a racist. The racist comments that he made eight days ago got pushed aside because of the Mueller hearings. So he's fortunate, at least until he makes more racist statements. The next time he does a rally and they start chanting, send her back, and he just stands there and smiles, uh, I think we'll go back to that narrative again. But it wasn't a good day for the president. It was a worse day for America, most importantly. It was a bad day for this country because it's very clear to me, whether you want to defend the president or not, that there is a threat to our election. And one party seems okay with it because they think that that threat's going to give them more power. One party thinks it's okay so long as they win. They think that they are America, that they are the patriots. They are not. America, the Republican Party cares about one thing and one thing only, and that's its own power and survival. They do not care 
about moving the ball forward in this country, moving democracy forward, making America a better, safer place. No, they care about their own political power first and foremost. That's why they won't make any moves right now to protect our elections. None at all. When it is clear to everyone, the intelligence community, both the Obama era intelligence community and the Trump era intelligence community absolutely agree that the Russians attempted to influence our election and the intelligence community today believes that they are still trying to do it. Not just the Russians. Many countries are trying to do it. The Chinese, the Russians, other hostile powers. So why won't they act on it? I'll tell you why they won't act on it. Because the President of the United States is a thin-skinned little cur who absolutely positively would be very sad if Republicans passed a bill like that and he wouldn't sign it. I I tell you right now, America, if that, if that bill passed Congress, the President of the United States would veto it. Because the President of the United States made it very clear if the Russians offer him information on his opponent, he's going to take it. He'd like to see it. I'd like to see it. I'm going to call the FBI. That's not how the world works. I'd see it. I'd take it. That's what he said. Nobody forced him to say that. It wasn't a gotcha question. No, that's how he answered a question to George Stephanopoulos. In the Oval Office, America, that's our president. That's our president right now. And that's why this Congress doesn't want to lift a finger, at least the Republican side in the Senate, doesn't want to lift a finger to protect our elections. We are vulnerable. And I get it. Elections are complicated. They are run by counties across this country. There are 2,600 counties or more in this country. And there are 2,600 boards of elections in those counties that run elections. But here's the thing about our election. If you're smart enough, you could figure out that there are about 10 counties, maybe 20 counties that are really going to turn this election. And those counties are in Pennsylvania, in Wisconsin, in Michigan, in Arizona, and in Florida. That's it. If you could figure out how to mess with those counties, you could mess with our election. And the Russians right now are trying to figure that out. And they're not just trying to figure it out on Twitter and on Facebook. That's one thing. They are trying to figure out a way to get into our election systems and mess them up. And some of those counties don't have paper trails. They don't have paper trails. There's no way to verify the vote. And you know what's going to happen? They are going to get hacked. Somebody's going to get hacked. And then what do we do? We're going to be here on election night without a certified winner. America. And what's that going to do for our republic? We're going to have a guy in the White House saying how it's all rigged. Maybe losing the election. But we have one county that hasn't hasn't been verified yet. Or maybe he wins the state without that county's vote. Like uh, if it's Philadelphia, for example. A couple of counties, a couple of EDs in Philadelphia are outstanding because the Russians somehow got into those machines. What's that going to be like? That'll be a fun couple of weeks in America. That'll be a fun couple of weeks of our elections uh, of people just, you know, the president saying he's staying no matter what. 
and uh, the Board of Elections in those counties counting ballots. And I'll be debating Dan Bongino about how the election's over when it's not. How's that going to go? How's that going to go? I mean, they laughed at me on Fox News last night when I said the bigger problem here is that he pointed out that the Russians are still trying to influence our elections. I mean, he also pointed out how General Flynn, Paul Manafort, Bill, uh, Robert Gates, um, uh, Papadopoulos, Michael Cohen were all compromised by the Russians. All of them compromised by the Russians. And what's the president going to do about it? What's the country going to do about it? How are they going to protect our next election? I I don't know, America. It doesn't seem to me like they care. Does not seem to me like the Republicans care because they think that all of this stuff that the Russians are doing helps them. And they don't care that the president of the United States, his campaign chairman, his personal lawyer, his national security advisor, and others that were around this president were compromised by foreign powers. Not always Russia. In Flynn's case, it was Turkey. They were all compromised by foreign powers. And nobody cares. And nothing's getting done. So the big debate is now after this Mueller hearing, should the Democrats impeach the president? Well, I, I, I have said this all along. Democrats should open impeachment hearings on this president. There is enough evidence in the Mueller report to justify opening those hearings. And in fact, rather than be a political detriment, I think it would be a political advantage for them. Now, we should go into these hearings understanding that whatever comes out of them, we know that the bootlickers in the United States Senate will not vote to impeach this president. Mitch McConnell's not going to let the president be impeached while he's running in a primary. Not going to happen. But I, I think that the Democrats in the House need to make their case to the American people that this man is corrupt. I think that every single day we talk about his crimes and corruptions is a bad day for Donald Trump. And I get it. The Republicans thought it was okay yesterday. I don't think so. I think yesterday we spent the day talking about the president's crime and corruption. And we had a guy out there who people respect who said his report did not exonerate the president. When the president has been saying total exoneration, total exoneration, no collusion, no obstruction. Uh Uh-uh, obstruction. If you read that report, yes, obstruction. And the Democrats need to get, get moving on getting these court cases moving and get Don McGahn before their house to answer questions. And others. I mean, yesterday what you had was basically a third-party accounting of what happened. Robert Mueller was not in the room when the president asked Don McGahn to fire Jeff Sessions and fire Bob, Bob Mueller. But Don McGahn was the person he ordered to fire him. Don McGahn's got a story to tell, and he needs to tell it. And the courts need to pick up the pace and let him tell it. Because the American people deserve the truth. And if you don't believe in truth, I don't understand why you live. I don't understand what you're doing in politics. I don't understand what you're waiting for. 
Uh, you know, truth? Oh, who wants to know the truth? Oh, I'm okay. Donald Trump. You're Donald Trump. You're Donald Trump. Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free, baby. I want to know why the president of the United States, you know, this is another thing I want to know. I don't think it's just Russia that has compromised on the president. Last week, the House and the Senate overwhelmingly passed bills that would limit arms sales to Saudi Arabia as a result of the Khashoggi incident. President Trump yesterday, while the Mueller hearings were going on, vetoed it. Why would he do that? Because they put his face on a building? I don't think so. Now, I think there's money involved. I think the Saudis have funded some of Trump's projects. I know when the Saudis come to America, they take up whole floors in the president's properties, basically bribing him. I, uh, look, we need to know. The public needs to know. We need to see the damn tax returns. We need to hear from McGahn. We need to talk to the Saudis. We got to find out why this guy does what he does. Because he is not an open book like other presidents have been. Especially when it comes to his finances. And he vetoes this bill. I mean, it's very clear to all of us that the Saudis lured an American resident. Now, he wasn't a citizen, but he was a permanent resident of the United States of America. And he was working for the Washington Post. He was a journalist. And they lured him into their embassy and killed him. They cut him to pieces. And you want to tell me that the crown prince didn't know about it, Mr. President, because he told you? I told, it's just kind of like that George, remember how we all laughed when George W. Bush said he looked into Putin's eyes and saw his soul and saw that he was a good man. And clearly Putin's not a good man and has no soul. I, 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 I don't know what's going on here. I don't understand why there aren't good Republicans left anymore. Why are they not standing up for this? Why are they allowing this to go? Why are they not pushing back on this man? I mean, Democrats pushed back on their people. They pushed back on Obama. They pushed back on Clinton. Don't say they didn't. I did. I know I did. I sat at this mic, this very microphone when Obama was president and criticized some of the things he did. I don't. It doesn't make me less of a loyal uh, supporter of his. This president has done so much in the last three weeks that is pushback worthy, and yet crickets on the right. Crickets. He has abandoned core principles of the Republican Party over the last thirty years. Principles like free trade. He's abandoned them. The man is pushing the Federal Reserve to raise, to lower interest rates during a good economy. Why would he do that? I mean, it's another reason why we got to look at his finances, America. I got to know. Are you making money in this economy? Are you making money by lowering interest rates? Are you playing the stock market and doing things to influence the stock market during your presidency? I want to know what you own. I want to know what moves you're making, Mr. President, because things don't add up to me. But most importantly, you know, where's Mitt Romney? Where are the guys in the Republic, men and women in the Republican Party that have a spine? Where are they? Why are they not speaking up? What is their problem?
When did they lose their spines? Why are they even in office if they are not going to challenge this kind of behavior? I mean, is it? it's gotten to the point where if you support election security, you're anti-Trump, you're anti-Republican. Like, is that where we're at as a country? Just the talking about election security. After we not only have the Mueller report, but we have a report from the Senate Intelligence Committee that says the Russians are trying to influence our elections. I don't know if you know who controls the Senate. It's Republicans. But the Senate Finance, excuse me, the Senate Intelligence Committee has done a report that is very damning of our election security. And it just came out this week. And nothing. I don't understand this. I don't understand how they sit back and just let this country dissolve why are you even there this is a a reoccurring theme with me in the last three weeks three years I don't understand why some people are even there anymore I don't get what they're doing I don't understand why they exist as an elected official because they refuse to push back on anything this president does, even as it violates their own principles that they have stood for their entire career. Republicans used to be all about national security. They used to be very, very anti-Russia. You know, they're out there calling me a, a communist and a socialist. It's just they're palling around with Putin who wants to see the return of the USSR. Uh, it makes no sense to me. And then... What makes even less sense to me is how there are 46% of Americans who think this is okay. Scary stuff, America. Scary, scary stuff. This could be the last election of our lifetime. Let's make it, let's make it a fair one. Let's make it a fair election. All right. I got Jill Weinbanks joining me on the other side of this break. You don't want to miss this. Stick around. Joining me right now, I couldn't think of a better person to have on the show the day after Mueller uh, was in front of Congress than Jill Weinbanks, who was a former special prosecutor, assistant special prosecutor during the Watergate hearings. Jill, you see her on television. Uh, you read her columns. She's fantastic. Jill, how you doing? I'm doing great. It's an exhausting couple of days. Yeah, I, I watched you yesterday. I mean, you must have been on. You were sitting on set probably for the entire eight hours of those hearings or yeah, what? Pretty pretty much. It was a long day and finishing with Lawrence O'Donnell uh, yeah. at 11 p.m. So, yeah, I actually know. watched you right after I got off the air. <laughs> I got off the air and I came on my, my studio for my television appearances in my basement. And I, oh, I, nice. I got up from my basement. I crawled out of the basement. And I had MSNBC on, and there you were. Uh, and I watch him like, oh, she's coming on my show tomorrow, and I, I was <laughs> really excited. <laughs> so, so, uh, uh, so, so, give me your overall impression of the day yesterday. I, I mean, uh, I am not in this pundit school that um, you know. Uh, oh, let's judge him on style. Uh, I like to judge on substance. I know you do too, and I'd like to hear what you think. I, uh, um, you know, if we were rating on style. Not such high marks. On substance, high marks. All of the significant points that needed to be made were made. Um, in answer to questions, he said, I did not exonerate the president. Yep. I did find substantial evidence of obstruction on multiple 
occasions, I did find that the Russians had interfered in our election and that they are still a threat. They are still doing it, and the government isn't responding. And yes, impeachment was the other constitutional method that is mentioned in the report. Right. I don't know why he didn't just come out when, when the congresswoman was questioning him on impeachment you know, Zero on style. Yeah, he could just said, you know, you have the ability to impeach. It's right in the Constitution. Yes, <laughs> I know? mean, he did. It, and, you know, one thing that nobody's been talking about is he was the chief. He wasn't the one interviewing right. witnesses. Right. He ran and, the department. Right. And so to expect him to be completely on top of all the facts is an unfair expectation. Right. You don't expect him to do that. And he obviously had much more um, passion for the Russian interference, which is, of course, a significant risk. And when we talk about the I word, you have to say that I don't care if the standard is that there isn't an established criminal provable by evidence, all the elements of conspiracy. It's enough that he is endangering the country right. and the national security. And it's enough that he's stonewalling Congress. He's refusing to allow witnesses. He's refusing to turn over documents. And we're talking about refusing to comply with a law that says when Congress asks, they shall right. receive his tax return. Right. Shall is a very simple word in American language. We all know that it's not may as in permissive. Right. It is mandatory. I don't remember much from law school, but I do remember <laughs> the difference between shall and may. Exactly. <laughs> you know, so you are correct. Your memory is quite right. Right. And that's it's a problem that he completely ignores the laws and thinks he's above the laws and that the rule of law doesn't apply to him. And as someone said, it's not a question of whether he's violating the law. We should expect more right. from the president. Well, we I mean, Lindsey Graham, Lindsey Graham said it best in 1996. It's <laughs> yeah. not about uh, breaking the law. It's about cleansing the office of, of wrongdoing and somebody who's not fit for it. Right. right. So we exactly. have a person who's clearly needs to be cleansed. I've decided that we've, we're, we're going to call this era the hyperpartisan era. And it's, it's, I don't yeah. know how we're going to, I don't know how we're going to look back on it 10, 15 well, years ago. What do you now. think as a politician? What's the way to end it? How do we get back to a time when Democrats and Republicans spoke to each other? I lived in Washington um, during a time when social hostesses would invite Democrats and Republicans, yes. and they would actually have discussions and compromise. I, I worked in wa- Washington like that. I worked in Washington in uh, in in the two thousand early two thousands, even during Bush. I mean, people would talk to each other. We would work on projects together. We'd play softball together. It was yeah. It, it was it was it's it's nonsense what's going on right now. And I I think honestly, Jill, I I, I hate to say this, but I, I think that this this Republican Party can't exist anymore. I think it's well, a, the Republican I, Party that we knew does not it, it, exist right, anymore. The, the, it simply doesn't. It's gone. It, the, the Republican Party that's here now is is the new know nothings. Exactly. And it's not that they don't know anything; they don't want to know anything. Well, they, it, they can't because when when they repeat his mantra of no collusion, no obstruction, I'm exonerated. Right. They no one who has read the Mueller report, even skimmed it slightly, could come away saying that. Not even Donald Trump could believe that it exonerated. Right, right. You just cannot. So when you repeat that lie, it is a malfeasance for sure. And, and, and 
yeah, and and he has a base of people that don't care. They know he's a liar. Yes. They know he's corrupt. Yes. And they don't care. But why? I don't guess. I, I don't I, understand. It's and it's not because he's helping them. No. Because he's if you not. analyze his actual policies and the impact on farmers, for example, how can they support him? They can't. It's just it's absurd. It, it's how absurd. can evangelicals who have this high moral principle accept a man with his proven record of sexual abuse and right. um, even even maybe not even abuse just the affairs that he had um, with can, you know Stormy Daniels and Karen McDougal do you think that they would have accepted Barack Obama if he had five kids <laughs> from three women plus all these scandals with Playboy Playmates and, and a video saying he'd grab him by the you know what they'd be like they'd be like they'd be praying in the streets do you think that I know you know the answer to this it, Republicans would be outside the White House with pitchforks and torches yep. if yep. Hillary Clinton was in the White House under the same circumstances yep. and the same testimony with the same style of yesterday yes Exactly. Right by the, the, no when the report came out, they'd be like, "Lock her up," and, well, and it, it's amazing. Know, it's been said that Mueller brought a, a tweet to a. Uh, I'm sorry, that Mueller brought a tome of documents to a Twitter fight. Right, and you can't win a Twitter fight with a 448 page document. No, you just can't. Right, and it's it's and the Democrats are in a gun battle with knives. And you can't win that way. I want the Democrats to stay moral and to stay ethical. Me too. To fight this battle appropriately. But there is something in me that gets, well, maybe not. And it took a lot to convince me that we should start an impeachment inquiry. I I believe we had to have I a think so too. hearing. But I'm over the line now. I'm now at a point where I think that if the Democrats don't take action that they will lose supporters. I, I know a I lot agree. of my Twitter followers are writing to me saying, what's the point of being a Democrat? Right. They're not doing anything anyway. And I get that argument. I really do. And the facts need to come out. And that's not going to come from Mueller. No. It's not going to come from his staff, although no. they would know more than he did. But it needs to come from the actual fact witnesses. We need to hear Don McGahn say yes. what Don McGahn says. Not have someone who says, I interviewed Don McGahn and this is what he told me. I want to hear Don McGahn I need say somebody big to say enough. I'm coming. I don't care. Yes. I believe in America. I believe in the Constitution. I, I you know, it, th- This is the problem in this country right now. There's too many... These people are. It, this is not a sporting event. You're not rooting for the New York Giants versus the, you know, the, the Falcons. You're you're exactly. rooting for this is America, and it's time for you know people to stand up for the country and for the republic. And I mean, we got Republicans voting against securing our elections because they think it's going to make the president upset. Un, unreal. Oh, oh my God, it's unreal. And I, I, I don't know if you remember uh, Congressman Pete McCloskey from California, who actually ran against. Nixon for the presidency, um, but he is a former Marine, and he wrote a letter to Don McGahn saying, I served in Korea with your, I think it was grandfather, Wow! and he was a brave and courageous man, and I hope that you will show the same courage that he showed, and that you will show up at Congress and testify yeah. truthfully. Yeah, somebody's got to fall on their sword, and so far the only person who's done it is Michael Cohen, and nobody cared. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, I think people did care, and it's interesting because he started out 
obviously he lied. Right. He admits he's a liar. He cheated. He, he's not the most admirable person in right. the world. He was a fixer. But it was interesting to see the reaction when he actually testified. People went, oh, he actually is credible. And when he looks more credible than the president of the United States, that's a pretty terrible situation. Yeah. I mean, Stormy Daniels was more credible than he was. Yeah. Yeah. I got to tell you, though, I just just going back to your point about getting down in the mud. So, you know, I worked for Chuck Schumer yes. and Chuck Schumer, when he first got elected to the Senate, uh, beat a guy named Alphonse D'Amato, who you are probably well aware of. Yes. The first campaign Alphonse D'Amato won, he beat a great congresswoman named Liz Holtzman. And Liz Holtzman ran an issue-oriented campaign that was highbrow and above board, and Al D'Amato was just a gutter rat and punched and punched and punched. And then he got reelected on. You know, improperly reelected against a guy named Robert Abrams, who was the attorney general of the oh, state of yeah. New York, yeah. and another guy who ran one of these issue focused, you know, highbrow campaigns. And then he ran against Chuck Schumer. And my boss, Chuck Schumer, who is a Harvard educated lawyer, brilliant, one of the smartest people I've ever met uh, in my life. Uh, and Chuck Schumer said, I want to win because this guy shouldn't be a senator anymore. And he got down in the mud and he wrestled that gator and beat him <laughs> and, well you know let's, he, let's say a word for uh, elizabeth holtzman who served on the judiciary she did during impeachment somebody you know well the, i know her very well i was privileged to serve with her on a pentagon committee looking at sexual assault in yep. the military and got to know her very well and respect her enormously right and she's written a book about the process of impeachment and the fact that we should have an impeachment and yep. why Donald Trump has earned impeachment. Yep. Um, she'd be a great guest for you. I am going to actually reach out to her because I've been actually uh, kind of paraphrasing some of the things she said about the you know convention. I've read part of her book, right. uh, the, the, the Constitutional Convention of, of 1788 and 89, um, and how the, the founders and the framers of the Constitution did not want to wait till the next election. They the Elections are never that far away, right? There's, there, you know, the most you could be is four years away and you're rarely exactly. going to get impeached your first year. Uh, so yeah, I get it. There's an election 15 months from now, but how much damage can this guy do? He can do a lot of damage and it's not just that. He is empowered by the lack of action. Yep. And people are starting to think, well, you know, gee, he keeps getting away with it. Yep. And is that the model for the next one? And what is the slippery slope we're on? Yeah. So I, I really, I mean, I think Liz's book is terrific. Another good indicator or another good um, background for impeachment is a book called Impeachment, written by several different authors, including John Meacham for an older one. Right. And Tim Naftali, who wrote about the Nixon impeachment. Right. Um, and I can't remember who wrote about the Clinton one, but I'm, of course... I'm obsessed with the Nixon one. Well, you were there. I you were that. you were part of it, right? And I mean, and this is the thing. I don't. I, I get. I don't understand. And and you lived through it, and you were there. You were you were there the night of the midnight of the Saturday night massacre. You 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 lived this history. Yeah. I don't understand why Democrats are afraid to begin an inquiry. I know they've got to frame it in the fact that we know that the sheep in the Senate who who will do whatever this president says are not going to convict him. They're not going to remove him. We're not going to have honorable Republicans go to the White House and say, Mr. President, you need to resign tomorrow. It's not going to happen. Well, let me say two things. One, 
we are in a different environment now because we have Fox News and Breitbart. And we have people who watch only that. Yep. So you have the Amash supporter who said, well, I had absolutely no idea there was anything in the Mueller report that was negative. Right. Until you said it, Mr. Amash. Right. So we are in a different situation. Back during Watergate, you had NBC, ABC, and CBS. That's it. And they agreed on the facts. Right. There was not a dispute. There was a dispute on what they meant. You could discuss that. Right. But we agreed on the facts. And right. And when you don't have a common set of facts, it makes it really tricky. So I think that's a big difference. And the gerrymandering that has occurred yeah. has allowed people to have such narrow um, constituencies that they don't have to compromise. In fact, they can't. Because well, that, they were elected to do exactly the thing right. they're and doing. Right. And that's another thing that has to be fixed to get out of this hyperpartisan era is yep. that, you know, in addition to probably the dissolution of the Republican Party as we know it, um, there needs to be a, an end to gerrymandering. It, it's just a, yep. it's, it's, or and gerrymandering as, as I like to call it. It's perfectly fine. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's, it's, this is the problem we have right now. We have, a, we have these, these extremists in office that only care exactly. about their primary. And it's, it's scary to me. Um, very, very, very scary. So where do you think we should go from here? I mean, how should they proceed and when should they proceed? Well, I think immediately is the answer on everything. I believe and uh, have every reason to feel confident that they will be going for the grand jury testimony under Rule 6E. They are going to apply to the court to get all the grand jury right. testimony. And then they are going to take steps to enforce the subpoena against Don McGahn. And once the court upholds that, Everybody else will have to come in, too. Uh, you know, it'll have to be Hope Hicks and, yep. uh, you know, Lewandowski and Priebus. They'll all have to come. And they'll all take the fifth. Ex- well, if they take the fifth, that's up to them. Yep. If they don't take the fifth, they're going to have to answer honestly. And if they refuse, they're going to they'll can be held in contempt. And, you know, maybe heavy fines need to be imposed to make them see a little more clearly yeah. what their obligations are to themselves, to the country, yep. versus to blind loyalties to the president. Yeah. And um, it's shocking to me that McGahn, who spoke openly to Mueller, is unwilling to say it publicly. And I don't understand how they think they could claim privilege when they already waived privilege. I mean, that's they another can't. thing I remember from, from law school. Totally They're claiming absurd. privilege on something they waived privilege on. They let him speak to the special counsel. Why would that be different than speaking to Congress? It isn't. Right. I mean, it's just absurd. And this idea of absolute immunity, they yeah. made that up. It's yeah. totally made up. There is absolutely no way a court is going to find there is any such thing. I mean, I don't understand how they think that even these stooges they put on the courts are going to agree no. with them on these, like, basic constitutional 101 law that they're saying. Uh, I don't understand how they think that that's going to happen. I, I think it's a 9 nothing vote on the Supreme Court. I, I think even the conservatives on the court are saying, sorry. I, I think so, too. And and I, let me go back to the privilege point you raised, which is waiver means it's waived. Right. But in addition, it never existed. And the reason it never existed is U.S. v. Nixon, where it says that criminal conversations, are not protected right. by executive privilege. Right. The only privilege that applies is if you're having a discussion, a free-flowing discussion where you're getting advice on policy or politics, right. not on how to commit a crime or how to stop 
an investigation, right. which, of course, is a crime. Um, and so it never existed. We don't have to look at whether it was waived, although obviously we can say that, too. Yeah. So there you are. I mean, that's point two of my indictment. Point one is uh, of my argument. Point one is it never existed. Point two is if it had yes. existed, it was waived. Exactly. <laughs> so okay. I got gotcha. you. You know, I mean, I remember law school. Yes. <laughs> it's, yeah. Yeah. it's not Alternative that. Alternative arguments are... It, Totally sensible. Yeah, and it it, totally it, it is it isn't. Do you think that Pelosi has some sort? Of, look, they go on recess tomorrow. They go on recess for the entire month of August. They're gone. Yeah. Yep. So, do you think that she's waiting until September? Or I I have I have pondered that maybe she's waiting till he signs the budget bill, and then it's you know all hands on deck. Let's go get him. I I am a legal analyst, not a political, um, and I don't know. I mean, I so enormously respect Nancy Pelosi and her judgment. She's done a phenomenal job. Yep. I would not agree to delay anymore. I right. think that it's important. And there was a wonderful article by Adam, I think Adam Gentleson, I may have the first name wrong, um, in GQ. And he was Harry Reid's chief of staff. And he wrote an article about the dangers of doing nothing. Right. And he laid them out brilliantly about, you know, don't wait for the election because everybody was waiting for the election right. uh, for Hillary to win. And look and where we didn't. are. Yeah. And so we don't, you know, we can say, let's wait for the election. But if we don't do something to undermine him, not undermine him, but to bring out the truth, to let the public know, done, to let the public know, to educate the public. And remember in Watergate, first you had the Senate hearings, which were bipartisan and were mesmerized the public. Yeah. You had people taking off work to stay home to watch it. Or if they went to work, they would take off at lunch and go, this is in the days before you yep. could watch it on your computer. Yeah. They would go into department store appliances. And watch it. And they would watch television as a group. It was like a big activity. The, the problem is, is that, you know, the Jim Jordans of the world are going to make these these committee hearings crazy. All right. I got, I got like 10 seconds left with you. This has been too fast. You are too good of a guest. Uh, where do you want people, what do you want people to know about you? Where can they find you if they want to, you know, look at at some of your stuff? Well, at jillwinebanks.com. Well, at jillwinebanks is my Twitter handle and I have a website, which is also jillwinebanks.com. I post my pins, which have become, they have their own Twitter handle. (laughs) Nice. I post my TV appearances, and I will be posting this podcast. Well, I, I really appreciate you joining me. This is too good for me. I really appreciate it. Jill Weinbanks, you are an American hero, and I love you. Keep up the great work. Thank you so much, Chris. It was a pleasure getting to know you. Great. I mean, I couldn't think of a better person to have on. She lived this, right? She lived this with Nixon, but that was back during a time when Republicans actually had a moral compass. They weren't just part of a cult of personality. I, I, you know, next week we're going to, you know, talk on this show a little bit about where we go from here in this hyper-partisan era that we are a part of. But, uh, you know, Jill really summed it up well. Stick around. I'll wrap it up right after this. So another week's behind us. I guess next week will be a less consequential week. I mean, Congress is gone. President will rant and rave. Maybe he'll just go play golf. You know, I used to complain that he played golf so much and how much it costs us, like, millions of dollars every time this guy plays golf. And this is a guy who quite hypocritically criticized Obama for playing golf all the time. Yet, you know, this guy played more golf in his first six months than Obama did in eight years. So 
here we are. But I think he does uh, he does us no harm usually when he's on the golf course. So, you know, go play golf, man. Take the summer. Take the next six weeks, Mr. President, and go play golf. Okay? No rallies. No hateful speech. No policies. No executive orders. Just go play golf. It's August coming up. Go play golf. We're not going to miss you. You'll be fine. I don't know about you, Ben, but I need a break. I think we all need a break. But I got to remind you to seek the truth. Question everything and everyone, even me, America, but especially Donald Trump. Seek the truth. I know it's out there. And I know you'll find it if you look hard enough. And I'll be back here again next week to tell you the truth as I see it. I'm Chris Hahn. Thanks for listening to the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. Hey, America, Christopher Hahn here, the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. What is with the president and the right-wing echo chamber encouraging these astroturf protests against stay-at-home orders around the country? It's ridiculous, and it needs to stop. Check out the Aggressive Progressive Podcast wherever you download podcasts. I'm Royal Oaks. Next time on Too Many Lawyers, COVID continues to reshape the law. Supreme Court arguments will be held by teleconference. The justices won't even know if the lawyers are wearing pants, which is fair given the eternal mystery of what's under those black robes. Los Angeles County is springing 25% of its inmates. The sheriff suggests folks get ready for what might be a spike in crime. Check it all out on the next episode of Too Many Lawyers.